2: Welcome to the Chelsea fancast, fuelled by Guinness, powered by Celery. The show that is never, ever surprised by anything that Chelsea serves up. Now, four minutes in, Fabrica scores, light the cigar and relax. But, so much for the early goal, as Palace score two in 90 seconds and then hold out like where they were defending the Alamo for the remaining 78 minutes to send all of SW6 into a panic, and me into a drunken binge on Guinness and Bushmills whiskey. This, my friends, is football, and why the Premier League is the toughest league in the world to win. Fair play to Palace, they earned their luck, but be under no illusion, for luck it most certainly was. On any other day, we would have scored plenty of the chances we created and gone home with the expected three points. No time to panic, as we've got City on Wednesday night. Time to go again. I'm Stamford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea fancast, April Fools. Seemed somewhat appropriate after Saturday. Um, anyway, I have got some fools with me. Uh, uh, the lovely, wonderful Mark Worrell. Hello, Marco. How are you?
3: Buonasera. Buonasera.
2: Great to have you on the show, as always. And uh, last but by no means least, the uh, the wonderful, lovely, uh, the balls to Jonathan's cock, the girl who likes balls, <laughs> Alexandra <laughs> Churchill.
1: Oh, well, that might be the nicest thing you've ever said about me.
2: Well, there we go. Possibly the only thing I've ever said about <laughs> you. Anyway, let's crack on with the naughtiness and the silliness. Uh, now, on the show tonight, actually, we've got loads on tonight. It's a packed, packed, packed show. Uh, right, we have got, uh, well well. first of all I think we're going to wonder whether Saturday was actually simply one of those days uh, or, or was our inability to find the onion bag a cause for deeper concern. Uh, in part two we're going to discuss lightning striking not once but twice as Chelsea concede two sloppy goals in 90 seconds. Um, Is the defence getting a case of the wobbles? Uh, Were there mitigating factors in the defeat? Or do Palace deserve some credit? And with some very tough fixtures coming up and the gap between us and Spurs uh, shortened to seven points, are we getting nervous? Uh, Now, in part three, uh, we've got emails from Spike, Alan Conway, Nick Cotter uh, for you. Plus news on the Chelsea supporters... Uh, trust Jack Whitley crowdfunding Company. I might have some very exciting news about that later. Now, in part four, we've got news about books by The Girl Who Likes Balls. That would be Alex Churchill. And we've got Marco's Italian Job. Uh, he's got a new book coming out. I can't wait to talk to him about that. Uh, plus, we've got more emails from Warren Galley, John Chips Chiverton, Colby Wector or Vector, and Ross Park. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler.com which is mixlrcom com forward slash chelsea-fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. Uh, and, of course, you could always, always tweet us at Chelsea Fancast, and I will do my absolute level best to ignore it completely. Uh, but either way, uh, do tell us uh, what you think about what you're hearing on the show, uh, what you think about the games, you know, usual stuff. Um, anyway, uh, who we got in there at the moment? We've got loads of people in there. Chuckles is there, Marco. Jason, the cabbie. Uh, Ramsey, uh, yes. even Jason. Ram, uh, Ramsey's there now now listen Alex I'm going to warn you now uh because because we've got Jason the cabbie and he's probably listening to this show uh on his cat in his cab right and, and yeah. appa- apparently uh, he was listening to the show live in his cab the other week and it was when you and Tony were on and you were very sweary and uh and and his uh, his passenger his fare told him off so what, yeah, what are you told listening him off when to When Tony
1: came on with the broken computer and did you know the one where he Was it that dropped one? the C bomb oh, fifty dear. times, did in he really three sentences? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. well
2: there we go. So bear that in mind. Otherwise we don't want we don't want Jace to lose any money, you know, that'd be criminal, you know. They'd call us, yeah, they'd, call us them, they'd call us the Uber fan cast. So there you go. As a political joke for you there. Right, now, after this very... Hello, everybody in Mixler. Hello, officially. Hello. Lovely to see you in here. Right, after this very short break, we will talk football. Uh, blimey, blimey, blimey! Oh God! I mean, I mean, as I said, it was called April Fools. I think Alex called her blog April Fools as well, quite uh, quite aptly, in my uh, in in my humble opinion. Um, but I mean, you know, uh, let's be honest, guys. Um, Palace scored their second. and There were still seventy-eight minutes to go. I mean, hands up, anybody who, who who thought that we would end up losing that game, Jonathan? I, I for one, didn't. I'm afraid I did. Oh well, there we go. What a surprise! <laughs> go on then, yeah. bring us all down. Well, you're well, like, you're I like, mean, you're, I like I I you're like Neil. You're like Neil from the young ones. Oh man, it's getting heavy. Come on then, bring us no, down. I
0: well, no, it was, it was, it was, I I was. <laughs> Go on, mate. Yeah. It, was, it was predictable because Allardyce is a complete master of the arts of uh, um, getting a, a, a victory from. Um, Having gone ahead, I thought this is desperate. Now they've gone ahead because he will just do everything that he possibly can. He's a decent manager.
1: He, oh, shut he, up! He is. He How is a decent he's
0: manager. Not. He's a decent manager because he's kept he keeps teams up every year.
1: That's he plays so he's just decent he mediocrity, football.
0: Jonathan. No, look, it, he he can't be completely mediocre in that he gets players who haven't been playing very well to start playing out of their skins. Ben Teke has been absolutely useless. He had a storming game on Saturday and Luis didn't get the ball once from a header because part of the reason was that Luis was on another planet on Saturday. That's one of the reasons why we didn't do very well. And that's one of the reasons that I thought, oh, what's going on here? And uh, at the risk of going ahead of myself here. One of the other reasons it didn't work was because Pedro was playing right back. And we've had that experience before at Wolves, where he was taken to the cleaners by that bloke Costa, and consequently we didn't have a a player to zoom about in the middle. That's why he played Fabregas further up, and it was a system that we weren't very comfortable with. But you know, once once he's two in front and he defends and just does it on the break, and they they should have scored later on in the second half, if it hadn't been for a fantastic save by uh, by uh, Courtois. Um, they were they did everything. That you would expect the goalkeeper uh wasted i think there was seven minutes in the second half of you added all the time up i started timing the goalkeeper the referee was completely incompetent what is it with referees and time wasting they just don't seem to get it they just he should have just gone up to the goalkeeper at the very beginning as a, a continental referee would have done Showed him a yellow card that's it he, he won't do it again for the rest of the half well he'll try and he'll probably be sent off. He didn't do anything. So the goalkeeper takes his time. There was even a great moment when the the flares were going off, just round about by the the time they scored the second goal, when Alan Ice had all his subs running up down the side of the pitch. It was just confusing everybody. He's a man of, I wouldn't say the dark arts, that's used too often nowadays, but he's a man of competence when it comes. He knows how to drill a side into um, into maintain, uh, into defending, he managed to get them to play. They were they they were a decent side, Palace. They played very well against us when Pardue was involved. And they weren't doing it. They weren't just doing it at that, that that stage of the season. But he's got them coalescing. That bloke Milicivic, whatever his name was, was a completely phenomenal. Number of blocks he did, and Hennessy had a completely lucky day. But he's you know he's not a mug because he's had how many games now? That's four games in a row that they've won now. He's not a mug, Allardyce. We may not like him. We may not like the style of football he plays. He keeps beating us. He's beaten us now with four separate teams that he's managed. He knows what to do. I'm not saying it's it's something that, that we should go. We, we, we shouldn't be upset about it because I think we'll beat City because it'll be a more open game. But he knows what to do. He's that kind of manager. It doesn't make him a great manager, but he, it makes him it makes him a manager who just organises brilliantly. So, you know, that's my
1: view. You've just gone five minutes without breathing once. I was was just going to say, did you breathe
0: again, Jonathan? (laughs) I can breathe out of my arse. You know that. As
2: well as talk (laughs) out of it. Boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you you tee him up, JK, and I'll smash him out of the park. Mate, I think, I mean, look, I was going to say, I think that comes somewhere in the... Yeah, that's right, Uh, towards the end of part two. But I I agree with some of that about Allardyce. I don't agree with what Alex says. I know she can't stand him, and I can understand why. But, you know, it's no coincidence that he's turned Chelsea over. I think he's the first manager to manage four teams. uh, uh, You know, the first manager of four teams to beat Chelsea or something along those lines. But anyway, let, let let me focus on what I really wanted to whinge about, actually, in this part, which was really, Marco... I mean, you know... Look, I reckon on another day we'd have scored an absolute hatful, hatful against that lot. Um, the, but the the thing is this is is what I don't really, what I can't get my head round was that, you know, was our finishing really, really poor? Which I by which I mean, you know, you can pick on all sorts of things like trying to play through the middle, tick attacker, passing to one side, crosses going to no one, all that kind of stuff. Was that was our finishing poor? Uh, and therefore, is that a concern, or was it just one of those days where the ball wouldn't go in, Marco? Shu chuck some stats at you? Go on then.
3: <laughs> so after Palace scored, we had we put the ball into their penalty area thirty-five times. We had twenty-four shots on goal. Hennessy saved made eleven saves. So that tells you all you need to know about um, how good Allardyce is. He was lucky. Tells you how good Palace were. They were lucky. Yeah. And it tells you about Chelsea. We, we were un, unlucky. Costa had an off day. He, he had a couple of sitters he missed. Um, personally, we, Conte sort of set it up as a 3 five, 2 to start with. Um, you know, I think it, I, when they went 2-1 up, I, I, I thought, Do you know what, it's going to be one of those days. And it was. Um, and life goes on. So, you know, I think Conte will have gone mental at them on the training ground today because you know, they, they really should have made the most of um 35 crosses into the box into 24 shots on goal. You know, we should have won 10-2, not lost 2-1. And maybe we would have done on another day.
2: Well, I am inclined to agree with you mate, and I and I'll be honest with you when I when you know, I, I had that feeling, you know, I think there was that when when Costa Costa's shot was saved off uh, Hennessy's knee, or whatever. You just get that feeling, don't you? But I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To, to be on, to be honest, Alex. I mean, it's not the first time we've 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 pussied around and 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 not stuck the ball in the net, you know. Uh, and so I, I agree with Marco to an extent. I think we were unlucky. I mean. I mean, I think we were actually unlucky with one of the goals that they scored against us. But there we go. But, you know, that for me, you know, I just... there's a, there's a, Is there a Should we be worried about it? Should we be worried about the fact that we didn't manage to bury Palace yesterday or Saturday, whenever it was? I was so drunk after, so I can't no. remember. But anyway, go on. No? No worry? No, no. cause for concern? No,
1: not at all. No, because we were due one brain fart before the end of the that, season. The you weren't going to get all the way through to the end of the season with everything going on. Like, we were unlucky. We've had some games where Stoke and Burnley are two of them, where we kind of wriggled out of it a bit and got something out of the game where it could easily have gone the other way. And it didn't go our way. Every deflection fell for them. And I'm not having about Allardyce. He, do- he doesn't organise them amazingly. But they, his, what he does is what you do if you don't have a clue what to do, which is just whereas Stoke will kick the shit out of us for 90 minutes because they can't beat us. Palace just wasted... God knows how it meant long, pretending to be injured, rolling around on the floor. I mean, it was one minute, over a minute for Hennessy to take a goal kick and that is just, oh, he's just awful. And it, like Marco says, he was lucky. He was just lucky on Saturday. Mm. Do
2: you know what? I thought I was going to, oh, by the way, Alex, uh, Chuckles has said, what's a brain fart?
1: <laughs> just a, a, oh, a fuck up oh it's war yeah just like one one game where it doesn't go all our way and we don't put it together i thought we were a beat slower than we usually are pedro just wasn't where he should have been a lot of well, the time I, I, and uh, do you know I, I, what more, gonna, more than sagging off pestle, i was gonna i was gonna I was gonna, that, I was
2: gonna pick up actually right on that point I, i've had enough of your description of a brain fart it was only meant to be a joke um but anyway jonathan uh mentioned pedro in his uber epic epic uh introductory rant um and actually, soliloquy. it was a soliloquy wasn't it it was uh um indeed uh in four in four parts i think but i mean I, <laughs> I think i think i think his point about pedro was interesting because i you know i i actually frankly do think that we missed uh moses i really do and i you know i i think Pedro's been a revelation this season, and I've said it on the show a lot because I said that he was useless last season. And I'm I'm a big enough man to admit I might have been wrong. Um, but he's not a wing back. Uh, but also, I, what, I, what else I thought, Jonathan, was that we lost out on a lot of creativity from Pedro up front as a result. So um, I would basically agree with you, mate. But I'm what you know. What what else? I mean, I think Moses was injured. So I, I'm curious as to what uh, Conte. What else he might have done? I mean, have you got any ideas on what he might have done?
0: Well, it's worrying, isn't it? It, it, it makes you realise that what luck we've had in not having any injuries this year. Because yeah. the second that it it goes out of kilter and the machine doesn't uh, operate properly, um, the I suppose an option could have been to put uh, um, uh, as quetta a, a, a right wing wing back and brought Zuma in, but I don't think Will he's you got play Aki. Confidence. And uh, yeah, or you play Aki absolutely because I I, th- I don't think he'd play Zuma. I don't think he's got great confidence in Zuma. I think, And I think Zuma will be leaving in the summer, actually. Um, that's just my view. Um, but no, yeah, I think you play Aki. I think you're yeah. absolutely right. I you think, play, uh, in fact, you he you could, could have played Ake
2: at right back. I think and Ake, then, Ake had, would have been uh, a good choice, mate, actually. That's a smart a yeah. smart suggestion. It was interesting, actually. Ollie, who was on the show the other week in an article he wrote, mentioned uh, playing Aspie there and bringing Zuma into the back three, which is not a bad suggestion. But I think Ake playing there is, is kind of how he played for Bournemouth. So it kind of would have made a, a lot of sense. Yeah. Tony, 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 you know, you just can't, you cannot put a good man down. Uh, although Tony's on the show next week, I think, but he's in the Mixler chat room right now as we speak. And he's asked a really good question, which is uh, to say how poor Costa was and his decline since the Days China thing. I've got to be honest, Tony, I really think that's a very simple narrative, mate. Um, you know, I really, really do. I mean, I think, I, I think if Costa was guilty of anything yesterday, because he certainly wasn't guilty of not trying. I think he, like everybody else, is pretty pumped up and trying to get, get back into the game. I think, actually, in a sense, they did all tense up a bit. I think they suddenly kind of did start to panic a bit about not getting back into the game. And I think the best example of that was that absolutely piss-poor header he did that went across the goal rather than in the back of the net. Marco, what, what, what do you reckon about Costa?
3: Do you know what? I, I, I was, I, has Costa actually been consistently back at the races since he had his head turned in January? Yep. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not convinced. Um, I thought he, I thought he struggled on on Saturday. To be honest with you,
2: yeah. You but, know, you know, I, I would argue, what I would argue against that about though is that whenever every time he got near the ball, mate, he had two or three defenders on him all the time. He was given no space absolutely none, and I thought they defended against him I mean Sacco might be a sack of shit but I'll tell you what he pulled out a brilliant performance and he and 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 him and the, i mean the minute Costa got the ball they were on him and and he, he you know he had no space to be fair to him i think
3: yeah but it's up to him to create space isn't it yeah you know but they def-
2: uh, they defended well against him and sometimes that happens don't you think? Oh, no, no.
3: Uh, yeah, i don't know yeah i i agree um i'm i'm just I'm just not sure if he's um, I don't know. Maybe mentally, one hundred percent. You don't know what's going on. You know, there's still all this talk about him disappearing off in the in the summer, and he's he's you know he's quite a highly strung character, isn't he? Um, and he could do with you know he could have done with a couple of goals to boost his confidence. So, I don't know. I don't know. I felt there were too many
0: occasions where um, it, there wasn't any anticipation going going on. There was a wonderful cross, that, one of the only crosses that Alonso actually did. I think he tensed up quite a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, where nobody anticipates, there's nobody nobody doing that Lineker thing of just thinking, sod it, I'll just go into the box.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: I hope yeah. the ball's yeah. going to come. And uh, but Costa seems to have lost that ability because it's exactly what um, Fabregas did for the first goal was to. You know, he provided the pass, and he ran the whole length of the pitch, and just ran to the near post. He didn't know the. Well, Fabregas post. was where
3: he was, where Costa should
0: have been. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I'm actually, I'm, in, I'm completely in agreement with uh, with Marco. I think, um, I think he's uh, he's about fifty uh, percent the player he was before
3: January.
2: Yeah. Uh, and sorry, go on, Marco. No, no,
3: I was just going to say it's interesting. Another player, for example, who's. Uh, Sort of almost become centre forward, like when when the opportunity presents itself. Is it, it, it's Alonso? Um, you know, he, he tends to spend. You know, have moved into more central positions. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the I don't know what the short term solution is. I'm convinced Costas not going to be a Chelsea player in August. Um, I'm fairly certain about that. Uh You know, is he? I, I don't know. I, I just don't think his head's there. Head uh, gone, where mate. Should be at yeah, yeah gone. I don't know if it's gone. He's, he's been, he's had it turned, hasn't he? Well, maybe so.
2: I mean, Tony said that his Costa thing was was basically being off the pace, not in the box of crosses and balls in. Uh, not following shots in when Magic telegraphed his shot, which was a very good point. I mean, I agree with all yeah, of that. Yeah. I, I tell you what, though. I, you know, somebody... Ma- I think it might have be been Jonathan. I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is I, I totally agree with whatever they said. And I I was sitting next to Johnny T yesterday for the match, which is an absolute delight, as always. But I was so frustrated because we scored that goal in four minutes, and which was, I think, the perfect example of what they should be trying to do when they were 2-1 down. Because once Palace got ahead... Mm-hmm. They, were, they had ten men behind the ball for the entire match thereafter, and what did Chelsea try and do? They tried to play through the middle, and when they couldn't play through the middle and passing it side to side to side to side, they did actually do what you would kind of want them to do, which is to go wide and they went wide and that's when all those crosses kept on going in which went to absolutely nobody and i just thought it was crying out for the kind of move that they put together with with fabregas to hazard and then fabregas kind of ghosted into the box to get on the end of something and we didn't try that again you know which amazed me and i thought that was a real waste i mean to to be fair though you know
3: hennessy was playing out played out his skin didn't he you know i mean he did mate well, I mean, the stats are there. He made eleven saves after after Palace went in front, but you know, two or three of those were, were worldies, weren't they? So, I, I just think they got lucky. You know, I, I, to be honest with you, I'd, I'd be more concerned. Um, you know, Louise seemed to have a bit of an aberration on on Saturday, which was sort of quite unluise like of in in respect of the way he's played this season um that 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 was more of a concern to me you know to be honest with you uh, yeah he was probably he was he was I don't know what he was doing for the first goal he, he just no,
2: i'll tell you wasn't what mate. Where should keep be. our powder dry on that because i th- i think we'll have a we'll have a chat about the def- a chat about the defence in a minute um but i think i think you know the, the the summary of the first part is that we're all a bit miffed and we're i mean there's kind of a, there were issues there but i think we were unlucky and and I think we'll carry this on in a second. But uh, what are we going to talk about in a minute? Well, I am going to, in fact, do exactly what I said to Marco. We're going to talk about lightning striking not once but twice as Chelsea conceded two sloppy goals in 90 seconds. And uh, and in fact, I actually ask that question: Is, is the defence getting a case at the wobbles? Uh, were there mitigating mitigating factors in the defeat, or do Palace deserve some credit? And with some very tough fixtures coming up and the gap between us and Spurs shortened to seven points, are we getting noivous? We'll see you in a second. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason
3: Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea.
2: Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. And, of course, you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And we are digging the bones out of a bit of a... Well, I don't think any of us really expected to be walking away at 5 o'clock on Saturday having been beaten 2-1 by Crystal Palace. But there you go. Uh, one of the reasons uh, why we didn't was because we couldn't score more than the goal we did score, which we've been talking about in part one. Uh, the other reason, of course, is the fact that we led into pretty sloppy goals. Um, I mean, I think... I, I, I did actually say in part one that, that, that Zahar's goal was a bit lucky I mean the way he put that through the legs Of three defenders in a row I mean he could do that 50 times And, and maybe only pull it off once But I thought the way that they, they, tore, us, they tore us a new one on those two breaks I mean it was counter-attacking football The like of which we've been watching Chelsea do So I mean Jonathan Disappointing wasn't it And you you actually before Marco started going on about Luiz you, you mentioned that you thought he had a bit of a poor game
0: well, as I said at the beginning, Benteke won every header. Yeah. But I, I thought I thought Benteke was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, and the same way, I thought Zaha was fantastic. I actually thought that it may have been a lucky goal, but I thought it was a brilliant goal from Zaha because he, he was so quick and he just took it and had a you know he had a he had a, a dig from the edge of the area and and uh, it's what we didn't do for the whole of the game. We didn't try any of that. Um, uh, let's have a let's have a go from well we tried, but they had lots of un- they had lots of fortunate blocks. I mean, I think it's a combination. I thought they were lucky, but I did. I do think that they some of them played out of their skin. I think the, as I said at the beginning, um, uh, the the first goal was a, a consequence of Pedro trying to play that ball to Matic, which you know you thought was going to be a decent pass, but then just gave the ball away, and then and they and then Zaha motored forward, having played a one-two at the edge of the penalty area. Um, but um, yeah, I thought Louise. Um, as I said, uh, Benteke was fantastic. But Luis started doing that thing he, he did um, before he, he joined Paris Saint-Germain, which was trying to anticipate um, the ball rather than actually playing the ball with the player. You know, if the, he would rather than, than stop the guy from controlling it. You know, what normally happens is that the forward, the forward gets the ball first and controls it. He was trying to nip in. And, on, and Benteke was in such form that he just he just powered past him every time. And, you know, Betteke had scored two goals for Belgium during the week, hadn't he? So he was, uh, he was clearly um, on the pace. So you had both of them, I thought, putting in a really good shift. I thought they were both excellent. And so we had that to deal with, um, the fact that they were both, both on top form. But uh, it was a bit wobbly. It was all a bit wobbly. And I think this nervousness that you've pointed out is exactly the case. I think we started getting a bit tense, um, which I haven't seen this season at all, actually, before. Other well, than early on, early on, when we lost,
2: the, early on. I mean, I've got to be honest, mate. I mean, one of the things that 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 that, that I didn't know actually, and it's funny, isn't it, how you how you quite often uh, just brush past these things when we're winning, and 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 of course, I mean, that's kind of the point. If you're winning, these things don't matter. It's when you it's only when you lose you start to notice these things, and that's we we've only kept a clean sheet twice in our last eleven matches, uh, Marco. Which kind of. I mean, you know, again, a bit like a, a bit earlier on, you know, with the striking, is it something we could be should be concerned about or are we just getting on knickers and a twist because we've lost against Palace?
3: I think it's just, I honestly just think it, it was a bad day at the office. Yeah. Um, you know, if if we'd have beaten Palace comfortably, you know, if we'd made the most of all the chances that we had and, you know, whacked them 5 2 um there would have been no dialogue yeah you know and then and then you know we might have lost you know we might not have beaten or we might not have beaten city on Wednesday you know we've got some weird fixtures coming up um you know city Bournemouth Man United whereas Spurs have got I don't know Watford Bournemouth and um I can't remember they have got three very easy fixtures um
2: well, I'm going you know, to so- go into that in a minute, mate. I've got, I've got the entire list. I've, I've done, oh, some, yeah. I've done some homework for a change. So there you go. But I mean, I, I take your point, mate. And 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 I, you know, I, I. It see, this is the thing, isn't it? When you, I, you know, it's easy to get spooked by a result like that. I, I, I think what we should really be oh, asking, yeah. you know, what we should really be asking. Um, and I mean, you know. I want to really talk about this at the end of this part, actually, because we know what the ramifications are. But what we should really be asking is is this is actually when Antonio Conte needs to earn his crust and, and get the players focused, get them over what happened on Saturday and get them fully focused on winning again against City and then of course you know the headlines after us beating City on Wednesday will be well that's Chelsea knocking Man City out of the title race but I mean Alex I mean you know are you concerned about the defence at all because I mean I I think Jonathan's got a point actually I think I think it did look a bit wobbly on Saturday however Marco and I dress it up um are you you concerned
1: not massively. No, I think Luis has had a couple of games that haven't been that great, and we are where he plays in the middle of that. We are reliant on him being strong and him being forceful, and that and he hasn't been the last couple of games. Well honestly, we, I mean, we have to. We're here to fill two hours talking about the game on Saturday, and that. So of course we're going to talk about it. But I just, I don't see any point in. I mean, there were people. What, what does Tony call them? Nappy who was, yeah basically it just they were you could hear him going down to get a pint on 40 minutes like oh it's happening again well you know, just, you know oh, you know you know you know what Alex
2: I think you've got a massive point there and I, actually John Chips Chiverton who we'll be hearing more from later on actually but uh he makes a great point he says I'm getting the impression that we played poorly when I thought we played great and I remember I walked out of the uh the game with Johnny T and he's Johnny was saying, oh, we played very well. And I thought, no, I, I disagree. I said, I don't think we played brilliantly, but I don't think we played badly, mate. And, I, and I, like Marco was saying, I think on another day, we would have been wandering out. We and had there. nearly 25 shots. But I don't think we played badly at all. Jonathan, I think that there were also some mitigating factors. And I'm, I'm going to save the best till last for Alex because her blog absolutely rinsed this pillock of a referee. Um, but, I, I <laughs> you know, for example, Townsend. I didn't know, oh, I didn't know this God. until I watched this yesterday because I was so pissed on Saturday night that I didn't get home in time for match of the day. So I had to watch it the next day. But uh, I had no idea at the time. But Townsend definitely handballed that. Should have been a penalty, shouldn't it?
0: Oh, definitely. But I didn't see it at the time. No, there were two many players I. in front. I just thought he'd chested the ball away. Um, but somebody, one of the officials should have seen it. For goodness sake. It was blatant. What was it? A long shot. He's, he's prevents it from going in the goal and it hits him on the arm and he puts his hand out. What? Why? If the referee didn't see it, why didn't the linesman see it? He was, you know, the linesman's got a better view than anybody. I, I, I despair of some of the decisions. And then I you know, once again, we're going to the, the, the business of, uh, of of the time wasting. I agree completely, Alex, about um, uh, the, the, the specific business of um, of going down. um for uh, a bit pretending to be injured and all of that, breaking the play up, but it's it's a usual ploy, isn't it? Mourinho did it to us. Oh, for, absolutely. For, for
1: when when Inter Milan beat us and they were in the, yeah in that game, we got in the last fifteen minutes about four minutes of play because I sat there ranting yeah. my head off and timing it. Yeah, it's, it's a, unfortunately it's a, it's a tactic and it's but it's, it's a, a sh- tactic that, the, ship that the referees should be
0: onto and capable mm. of dealing with and. And it's that, that, that ridiculous law that they brought in years ago in order to stop time-wasting, that the goalkeeper could put, move the ball whichever side of the goal he liked to take the free kick. It just results in them farting about, moving it from side to side. You're just going to go, what on earth, referee?
1: Just go up. Like a total loser. I counted. So he started time wasting Hennessy in the first half. The he first warned half. him on forty-seventh minute and then yeah. he warned him four more times without booking him. He warned three other palace players for it as well on throw-ins. And he <laughs> didn't book one person for time wasting. If you'd have you could have said on the way down the tunnel at half time to Hennessy, don't want no more of that in the second half, and booked him on the in the fifty-fifth minute, which was Hennessy's yeah. second warning. You could have said, mate, I've told you, now you booked. Yeah. Stop it. But it didn't. And it gets worse and worse because the referees stand there like total planks doing absolutely nothing about it. And they do that arm wave. Come on, hurry up. That limp little arm wave that just <laughs> makes me want to headbutt them. I've also, got to, I've got, hang on a weird. minute. I've got,
2: I've got to read this out. Benny the Blue, who we know and love because he's in Mixler every time. Can we limit the moaning about referees to a minute? Our shots should have gone in and then didn't. Benny, I would be perfectly happy, mate, to just talk about, I mean, you know, we could have done this show in three minutes I would have been absolutely made up, mate. My Monday night would have come back and I would have been delighted. But we have a two-hour show to do. So me and Marco spending a minute saying, you know what? It was one of those days and we should have scored more goals. Ain't going to really cut it. But I do get your point. And actually, what what I do love about what Benny said is I was going to say this, Jonathan, because, of course, what I love about Jonathan is actually, unlike me, he actually knows about refereeing. Um, and I do feel, I do feel a very, I mean, I'm like, I, I'll be honest with you, Jonathan, and you know this, you know this, uh, I, I will automatically leap onto the Alex Churchill side of the fence when it comes to absolutely coating a referee off because they always get my ire at the game. But I do, I'm growing more uncomfortable with, 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 with you know, blaming it all on the ref. But I've got to say, Jonathan, I'd never heard of this guy, Pawson, before I... You know, I'm finding it much harder to actually see that far at the football these days. Can I quickly tell you something? Go on, Marco. Yeah, go for it, mate.
3: Just just a quick one before JK um, lets loose. (laughs) Craig Craig Pawson was was the referee last season when we lost 2-1 at home to Palace.
2: No way. No way. No no way. way fact conspiracy theory don't tell donald trump he'll be like you know (laughs) you know he'll be he'll be telling alex jones and breitbart and they will be writing about it mate mate i had no idea i mean i seriously i I didn't recognize him i had i had no idea who he was at all you know anyway so jonathan i mean he was poor mate i mean you know not booking palace players the linesman i have to say the linesman on our side of the ground was just as crap you know, giving oh the kicks one on our side corners.
1: was toss as well.
2: well. There you go. I mean, come on, Jonathan, just be the that, voice of reason about the ref.
1: Moment,
0: There was that moment when Allardyce had an enormous... Inno- had a, um Sammy Lee went down on all fours as he always does in this instance too. I can tell I can tell the- you
2: a story that I heard from Paul Walsh <laughs> when uh, Sammy Lee and him were at Liverpool about Sammy Lee being on all fours, but I would probably get sued. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's probably not, it's not the same kind of image I was not trying to really. create there with him in, in, in the middle of, uh, but I'm sure we can imagine. It's a great um, story, uh, yeah, by to, the way. To the Just
1: quickly, the... in, in response to Tony, who said, didn't we get the first booking? Yes, after doing nothing to any Palace player, right. he booked Costa yes, for possibly, yes. I mean, Costa was positively cuddly by comparison yes. to how yes. Costa can be on Saturday. So how he was the first one booked. But anyway, your rant now.
0: No I, no, I was just about to say that. I was about to say that that once again, they did uh, serial fouling. So all of them did a, a really pretty vicious foul. But he did that thing. But we for, what, debated with the, the guy next to me um, that uh, uh, the very first foul at the beginning where we got that free kick, um, which um, uh, Luis just hit straight to the goalkeeper, as they did about three times after that. Um Louise Hitz the goalkeeper. Um the the foul was a booking. It was a really vicious foul. Uh, and I think it was on hazard as usual. And he went up to him and did that thing that they always do at the beginning of games, which is they, they do a calm down jet.
1: Oh, the the two are handed pat yeah, thing Yes, absolutely. Oh, doing, it makes I'm me want to
0: punch at, him. I'm doing it at this moment. And mm-hmm. I said to the mate, my mate. I'm actually, doing, doing it to, to Alex at this
2: that, moment, Jonathan, actually.
0: At this moment, yeah. <laughs> I said uh, it looks it's almost like a massaging it's like no no don't I said why on earth has he done that when it was a vicious foul that you should we should card the guy because of the foul not because it's the first minute of the oh, game Oh, it
1: does my head in if if it's a card it's a card it's yeah. not not a card because we're only 30 seconds in because yeah. otherwise yeah. if you're Allardyce and you've got no imagination and no skill whatsoever you go oh you're a big you're a big Bastard. As soon as we kick off, I want you to run at Hazard and go two-footed into his yeah. kneecap. Yeah, that's exactly. She won't what get booked. Yeah, that's what he did. That's what yeah. he did. Anyway, it happened three more times in the
0: space of the first ten minutes before, in fact, we'd already scored. But in that period, and he similarly, did the calm down gesture. And you're absolutely correct. The one, the moment that, in fact, was a challenge on the goalkeeper was a challenge on something that Costa did. He booked him, and you said therefore he's prejudiced against Costa. It, it, they've been talking, he, he feels mm. that he has an attitude, he's not paying the, the, the attention that um, uh, our friend, who was it, the other day did, uh, when he booked, um, when he sent, um, uh, Yes, yeah, who I have to say, comp- uh, no, not Taylor, it was the week before, um, the chap who sent Herrera off, who was that? Um,
1: oh, I lose track, I don't remember
0: no. when they were good. It- no, 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 uh, he, he sent, it, it, he, it had Mariner, with the it? he had a chap the captain, he had a chap no, no, it wasn't Mariner. No,
1: Mariner would never do anything Mariner's for us like tool. send someone off, never.
0: Mariner's the grinning <laughs> man who was fourth official on Saturday. Oh. Um, uh, I can't, anyway, whoever it was, he seems to have got it right. Now, what's going on in their in their refs meetings, I don't know. But he, he's really measured. He understands what's happening around the ground and he won't tolerate it. Oliver, to inflate, yeah, it was yeah, Oliver. that's it, Oliver, absolutely. So that's the best performance I've seen all season. Anyway, but so so we so... so basically that they must have meetings about this It's almost as if suddenly we were back in the dark ages where this bloke was believing that Costa just was faking it and, and, and he, it, it, the fact that it's so inconsistent and also so rubbish. Once again, we get back to the, the Townsend handball. I mean, for fuck's sake, excuse me, I don't normally swear. But Jesus, in this instance, uh, was was absolutely ridiculous. You know, and it, the whole of the nature of the game would have changed. Yeah. Now, once again, we're not making excuses because we didn't win it, and we should have. We should have scored. We, we we should have scored. And 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 I'm I'm I agree with 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 everybody completely. We were we played very good football, and I think we'll we'll beat City because we're still the best team in the league. However, it was just just it was why I said at the beginning. Um, I knew we were gonna lose because I've seen it before. He did it with Bolton against us. Exactly yes, the same way. Absolutely allodice. right. Exactly absolutely the same right. way.
2: So it's not it's not a it's it's
0: classic Allardyce, Jonathan. Fluke.
1: Classic,
2: classic, it's classic not
1: a fluke. Yeah.
0: Exactly. It's not a fluke. You can't say he's dreadful. <clears throat> he does it consistently. He's very canny. And that's why he got picked for the England job. We all despaired because I thought we'll just be playing long balls. Mate, I'll tell you what,
1: you
2: know. I'll tell you, the big bloke to play well. I'll tell you, you know, what, Jonathan, think, okay. you know, yeah. if he hadn't, yeah. have, you know, got, got caught with his hand in the, in the till drinking a pint of wine, um, I, I think he would have done really well for England. I think he might have, I mean, I don't know about winning or something, but I think he would have got close because actually he's probably the closest uh, manager that England have produced in recent times who will do anything he can to win a game in the, in the mould of Jose yes. Mourinho. You know? yes, anyway Absolutely agree.
0: Let's absolutely. Yeah, thanks, he, mate. His, yeah. his contention was, if he had the best players, he would. He said this a few years ago. Yeah. He'd win. He'd win uh, Champions League with them all the time Because he is, he's just completely. Uh, he's ruthless. He's, yeah. just, he's he knows all about the game. And he plays a specific style, and it's the style that I wish that England would embrace. Actually, <laughs> which is you just get a tall bloke, rather than attempting to play properly. Let's give up about attempting because it's always a disaster. Just
2: boot the ball Mate, up. Hey, uh, J.K., and I, up I'm the sorry. Party. I'm sorry to stop you in full flow. I wasn't laughing at you, but I've just <laughs> Benny the Blues just boasted okay. this. Okay. This is just brilliant. He says we need to make sure to sacrifice a goat to the table before Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually think that's—I'm all in favor of that. I think instead of that bloody light show, what we should do is we should have a sacrificial killing of a goat or any other relevant animal before each match, I think, <laughs> and then put, put the, and then Costa can run around smear with blood and scare the shit out of whoever we're playing. Yes, I'm, yes. I'm actually talk- well, that was, that would. Was- Go on, Sorry, that
0: would, suit the stereo- that would suit the stereotype that some of the refs and the fans think he is.
2: Well, I was going to say, Michael Howard's obviously, you know, is encouraging declaring open warfare on Costa as of yesterday, so uh, be, be warned. We have watched this space and all that. No, we, we really should talk uh, about, you know, what is to come as opposed to what has happened, and really just kind of generally how nervous we may or may not be, but I mean, just to kind of analyse this, or as, as Rafa Benitez might say, analyse, uh, the lead is now seven points, uh, but if we lose to City and if Spurs beat Swansea on Wednesday and Watford on Saturday afternoon, by the time we play Bournemouth in the late kickoff on Saturday, the gap could be just one point. So, therefore, brothers and sisters, uh, do we have to beat City-Marco?
3: Well, we have to. We have to win all our games. I'm going to. You know, I think Conte's right with his. You know, his mantra when he was asked about. Um, you know, have, have, have we won the title? And he said, you know, we will win the title when when it's no longer mathematically possible um, for other teams to win it. And I, I just think we've got to get back to winning. You know, that we won ten straight league games at the Bridge before. Um, before Saturday's debacle, so we just need to get back to that. Um, I don't, I don't know what, what, what's the mix of the nine games left? How many of those are at home?
2: Well, I shall tell, you. Know, I, I'll, I'll tell you. No, no, hang on. I've got, I've got the list. I, well, mate, I've, we've got nine games left, and this is, this is what we've got coming up. And I mean, I think actually, do you know what? Do you know what's underpinning my? I, I am. I'll be honest with you. I, I am beginning to feel a bit nervous. But what, what I'm most <coughs> nervous about. Is you know, like you, Marco, and like Kelvin Barker and like Dan Silver, it's it's the thought of the fact that it's Spurs who are second and who are getting close. <laughs> I mean and I and I and I want to have it on record here today that I will join you and Kelvin and Dan and hurl myself off Beachy Head should the unthinkable happen and <laughs> oh, I mean, I can't even bring myself to say it. But if that lot from North London win the title, the, it's game over for me, mate. I shall, I shall be hiring a scooter and doing a Jimmy from Quadrophenia, mate. And you can join me because I don't think I'll be able yeah. to cope, mate. I can't. I mean, honestly, well, I, I, um, I would have anybody. I mean, even I, dare I say even the scousers? Possibly not. But I would. I mean, I, my boss. So I, I did, I did some work today. Don't, don't all. I've shocked but uh, my boss is an Arsenal fan she's a lovely lady and of course I walked in and she laughed her head off fair play you know that's kind of how it works but uh, we started talking about it and even she is hoping we don't screw it up so that Spurs don't win it I mean you know the, the the world will end. Anyway, I've gone off on my rant long enough. This is the fixture list, guys and girls. Um, and I reckon we need seven wins and we can still afford to lose twice. I really do, because that will get us our 21 points. And I believe we still only need 21 points. I could be wrong, but I think that's it. Anyway, we've got uh, City at home, Bournemouth away, United away, Saints at home, Everton away, Borough at home, West Brom away, Sunderland at home and Watford at home somewhere to be squeezed in. Spurs have got Swansea away, Watford at home, Bournemouth at home, Leicester away, Palace away, Arsenal at home, West Ham away, United at home, Hull away. So, what was the point you were going to make, Marco?
3: Well, no, I was just, I was just curious. To know. I think, I think my point is in in the short term, if you look at the next three fixtures. So, if there's pressure, so if, if we hammer City on on Wednesday, or if we beat City on Wednesday, you know this sort of nappy-filling dialogue um, <laughs> will dissipate. You know, we'll, we'll all change our nappies and they'll all be clean again. Um, however, because, you know, we've got City at home, Bournemouth away, United away, and then we've got the, the semi with, with Spurs, while Spurs have got a much easier three games, you know, it could be. It could be that they reel us in. You know, if, if we, I think we'll beat City. I watched that game against Arsenal yesterday. Um, away from home, they're crap, City, um, basically. So also they you know, come out, don't they, Marco?
0: They come out that they won't defend in the same way that. Yeah. So they'll, they'll come out and try and play,
3: which is just which
0: is exactly what we want because we'll we'll score.
1: You know, I mean, I,
3: I think. I know, I know things are going a bit wonky at, at Arsenal, but um, if, if there was any, if there was any possibility of um, Spurs reeling Chelsea in to win the league, when, when they come to, when those two play each other, I, I think you know uh, every player, uh, every Arsenal player is that game at uh, White Hart
2: Lane, or yeah, at, yeah, 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 Emirates? yeah, yeah, definitely.
3: But I
0: think they've got a much more difficult run in Spurs. Yeah, I mean you know if they've that, got to play Palace. Well
1: uh, got... I don't know they've got They've got to go to away to Leicester as well. Yeah,
3: Leicester I don't know where that game sits, because obviously Leicester is still in the Champs League, so I don't know where that fixture sits within oh, yeah. you know, look actually, I'll tell you. Well um,
2: while you're doing that, Marco, what I will say is I don't know I don't know, Jonathan. I don't think it is that hard. I mean, I think you're right about Palace and Leicester. I think that's quite; those are quite difficult. You know, really, Arsenal at home should be a difficult match, but Arsenal are shit. Uh, United at home, yeah, you would they, have... Hang on, a minute, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. United yeah. at home, you would have thought would have been a tough match. But you see, the thing is, Mourinho's going to put all of his eggs in the Europa Cup. He, he'll probably field a B team against them at home. It's around that time. So, you know, <coughs> they. I think they've got on uh, an easier run-in on paper, although ours is... Isn't is so game, bad towards the is end. Is that
3: going to be rescheduled?
2: What? What? What's rescheduled?
3: No, is it that? That? Uh, I don't know, I'll just had a look on something. It, it didn't show Leicester.
2: Yeah, the Leicester one. Yeah, uh, Le- Leicester's rescheduled for them. You're right because like, that's that's the one on the, the same weekend as the semi final against us. So that's the one that has to be rescheduled. And that'll be a tough one yeah. for a bit of luck. But, I mean, look, I mean, who knows? The bottom line is they've got to win all their matches. We've got to win all our matches. Let's hope it goes all spursy, Alex, because, you know, that's what they do, isn't it? Please, God.
1: Uh, don't tell me that anywhere in that they're not going to have one of their catastrophic meltdowns oh, where Ali goes Alex. around stamping on people's faces <laughs> and Danny Rose just starts trying to, like, shoot people's limbs off or whatever crap they do when they completely lose the plot. They end up... <laughs>
2: One click injured. away,
1: they have they end up one click away from Mel Gibson in that episode of South Park where he strips down to his pants cra- and goes around crapping on people's car bonnets with his Braveheart face makeup on. That's how Spurs end up when things don't go their way. And that will happen at least once more this season.
0: Well, I reckon they'll lose to Swansea because I reckon Swansea are really, really uh, quite a decent side. And I think also they've got to play Hull. Hull aren't is it Hull That's home? their Hull
1: last... Home. No, Hull away.
0: Oh, yeah. Hull and away. West Ham away. No, they're Hull away. Yeah, Hull haven't lost at home all
1: season, practically all season. They've won all of them.
0: Yeah. Hull They've are
1: still a got high. United. Yeah, I reckon they're... I, I, so that's a guaranteed nil-nil, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon they're going to have to really...
0: I don't know how they do it. They won't do it. They won't do it.
2: Um, I'm, I'm, I have to say I'm very delighted that you're, you're making me feel a little bit uh, better than I was before. And actually, do you know what? It's just occurred to me that would be really, really funny, wouldn't it, if we beat uh, City uh, on Wednesday night and Spurs lose to uh, to Swansea? I mean, you know, after all the hype, after all the hype, after us losing on Saturday, that would be so funny. And of course, it would be typically Spursy. So, uh, a wholehearted fingers crossed. I'll cross just for say that.
1: as well. We made 23 chances against Palace. If you make 23 chances against Guardiola's defence, you're going to win because they're awful. Well,
0: but there'll also yeah. be it, the, the other situation is that is that they won't, they won't have as many defenders back because they're not going to do what Palace did. And the same thing one no, of the reasons we scored the Fabregas goal is because it was that wonderful pass from Fabregas <laughs> and the hazard, and that the whole of the team hadn't come back, the Palace team. So you've just got to be you know it's the pace we when when they start defending the ten behind the ball, it's difficult for us to have that pace on the break because we, we you know you've got you 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 not you're not doing it they're just going back it's like a basketball
1: team. well, not only that, but by the time you get forward and you play all your great football, Big deal because it comes down yeah. to a complete lottery when there's so many legs in the six yard box, whether it's going to go in or not. That's the problem yeah. that we had on Saturday is that it was just the de- deflection didn't go our way or it was a hair wide or and it's because it's just it's crowded in the box.
2: Mm. Look, I think the bottom line is this. is I mean, you know, John Chips Chiverton, who's who's on fire tonight, uh, you know, we've just got to keep doing what we've done since September, and that's fairly true. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think if we'd have won on Saturday, we would have uh, broken or at least equaled our, our record number of win, consecutive wins at home. And it's, isn't it, it's, it's always the way, isn't it? When you get close to one of those, it's like the Spurs, you know, when we lost to them, we were about to do a record. And it's funny how that happens. Let's hope this is the start of another... Uh, long winning run which of course if we win the next nine games i reckon if we win the next seven games we will win the title but having said that marco and I, i'm going to direct this to you because of course you are you are the man who coined the phrase uh, <laughs> glorious unpredictability yes. and mate you know this is what watching and supporting chelsea is all about we never make it easy do we mate and would we have it any other way no, uh, no, it'd
3: be boring, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? It'd um, be Arsenal. Admitted, awesome. Admittedly, uh, well, yeah, it, I'm a nervous. I'm a I'm a concerned. Um, not at the moment. I mean, if you you know, were seven points clear. I know. And I know I was talking to somebody over at the club today about um, they were were saying, yeah, but do you remember when um, City pegged back United in 2012? I think United had an eight-point lead with six games to go Um, and and City won it on the last day of the season. But... Was it that
2: one?
3: (laughs) (laughs) But but I think along the way, City actually in, in those remaining games, City actually beat United um, and i I just think Conte you know I think he will have gone absolutely ballistic at those players today um you know, I remember reading something about um John Terry uh describing what he's like in the dressing room um he said he's he's like bathed in sweat he goes and has a shower, yeah. <laughs> And and he he, he you know he, he does the he does the post match team talk in it with a towel round wrapped round him.
2: like a boxer.
3: <laughs> That's why he's always late. That's why he's always late for his his post match interview. Yeah, there
1: was one game where he had to shower and change player yeah. before his interview, wasn't there?
3: Mm. I mean, I you know I I just think I if we had any other manager other than Conte, I'd sort of I'd be half nervous, but I've just got every confidence in that fella every confidence in his ability to um, you know make the right changes if he needs to uh, you know I, I don't know I what, what what he's thinking you know regarding Costa um, what what he's thinking I don't know where we are with you know is, is Moses because Moses has been out for a while he actually hobbled off against United in the cup. That's when he did his calf. Yeah. So it, is that a, a longer-ish term thing? You know, I just thought the equilibrium was lacking a little bit on um, Saturday. You know, that 3-4-3-10 three, three, plate that he's had, um, it just, you know, it, none, nothing really worked. Um,
1: One thing all- that defeat against Palace did show was just how good Moses has been all season long. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, but haven't we said all season long as well if either of those wing backs gets injured we're a bit bugged yeah
3: I'm just having a look now to see what the status is on Victor Moses
1: the stats a few couple of weeks ago because I posted them were that we win 80% of our games with Victor Moses yeah. in the team, and it drops massively to like 40% without him.
2: Yeah, well, stats, stats, um, you know, there are lies, damn lies, and then there are statistics. Anyway, look, Marco can tell me this in the it's break. 75% oh, sorry,
3: chance. Sorry, sorry, mate, say that again. He's 75% of the way to play on um, on Wednesday, so I think.
0: I think he'll be back.
2: So he's only got one leg. <laughs> we'll play him with one leg, JK. That's the way we roll. We've got to go for a quick break. Uh, but uh, interestingly enough, uh, a man who I know will be uber positive, uh, whatever happens, is, is the wonderful Kerry Dixon. And uh, I'll be doing a Kerry Dixon show with him on Thursday, uh, which is actually very apt because of course, Kerry and I will have the uh, first chance to to digest whatever happens on Wednesday night against City. And report back to you. Report back to you, lovely people. I I suspect we may even talk a little bit about the Palace game, and I know we'll also be talking about the forthcoming Bournemouth game. But I think it'll be mainly about City, as you can imagine. So uh, look out for that uh, on Thursday afternoon. Make sure you download it via Acast, iTunes, and Soundclart, as I like to call it. Now, after the break, we've got emails from Spike, Alan Conway. And Nick Cotter for you, plus news on... I've got some very exciting news on the Chelsea Supporters Trust Jack Whitley crowdfunding campaign. We'll be back in a sec. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. G- J.K.? There's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions.
3: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper
2: Chelsea. Football Fancast. Welcome back. I am Sam Chidge, and uh, you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. We're back for part three, and uh, to keep uh, with the recent uh, runnings of this show, what we are about to do because we, we don't have a midweek game anymore. Well, I know we do, but you know normally we would report back on the Saturday game and or the Sunday game and the and the one from the middle of the week as well. But we don't have that. Yada yada yada. Uh, but uh, instead we've been getting some fantastic emails from you guys and Jonathan loves reading them out and we love uh, you sending them in so it's a perfect marriage Uh, so there we go, take it away Jonathan
0: this is some Spike in the Cayman Islands I love it, I love the fact that we have people listening to this show we could have called him Spike
2: Island and that would have been very Stone Roses wouldn't it Marco Um, by
0: the way you get the fact Chich, that when I commented on your picture and said, "You look like Paul Ferguson."
2: Yeah, who did you mean you
0: <laughs> from, from Killing Joke? Oh, really? Chidge. Really? Oh God! Chidge.
2: Well, You're I thought you meant—I uh, no, know—I thought you meant Paul Ferguson, but I absolutely think I'd look nothing like him. So I thought he can't be—he can't be big Paul from Killing Joke. Blimey! Yeah, compliment. Yeah, like it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway,
0: here we go. Um, Spike in the Cayman Islands. Hi, guys. I've been enjoying your podcast here in the Cayman Islands for the last year. I'm a long-time Chelsea fan, as is my father. I've been to see the Chelsea a number of times. I'll be in London April the 22nd, was hoping to go to the Southampton game, but lo and behold, we beat Scum Man U, and now the FA Cup semi-final is scheduled on that day. This has put a spanner in the works, as I'm a member and could probably have gotten tickets for the original game through the website. However, my lack of loyalty points will make it nearly impossible to get tickets for the semi-final. I was just wondering if you have any advice on the best way to get two tickets for my wife and I. Bracket. She's never been and puts up with my getting up on the weekend at ungodly hours, usually hung over to watch the game. If not, no worries. And it's good just to say good job on the pod and you've got a listener in the Cayman Islands every week. Carefree wherever we may be. Thanks. Spike.
2: Goodness gracious me. That's a toughie, actually. Um, that is a real, real toughie. Uh, because, of course, you know, it's it's a semi-final at Wembley. So, you know, if it's at home, uh, we can normally rustle up a ticket, you know, come the day of the match, because, you know, that's kind of how it all works. I mean, look, I, I, mate, you are a member. You, there's a good chance you might get a ticket, because there's a 32,000 allocation. So... You know, it'll go down to very, very low. I mean, my my advice would be just try going through the usual channels of the club first. You know, if you're a member, then at least you'll be able to get, you know, get access to it. I, I, whilst Jonathan's reading his next email, I'll go and have a look at the website and see what the deal is with that. Unless anybody knows better than me. Marco, Alex? Mm.
3: Uh, what I would suggest would be um, that, just keep an eye on Twitter. There are... There are quite a few people who regularly tweet um, about tickets on, on Twitter, whether they've got spares. So I, I would just look on there um, and and just keep a general ear to the
2: ground. I, I think you're right. Hello, Misty. Say hello to everyone.
1: Hello, hello. Misty.
2: Hello, Misty Blue. How are you? Hello. Good. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> So anyway, go on, pick it up where you were, where you left off, Marco.
3: Well, no, I I, I think Twitter's are,
2: are, tends
3: to be quite a good um, resource for people looking for tickets. I mean, on a Saturday, you know, in the morning before I sort of set off to to the game, there's always people tweeting, oh, "I've got a spare," uh, blah blah blah. So I I would just keep a good keep my eyes peeled on Twitter.
0: I think also the night before. Because I almost got two tickets for a mate um, at the weekend, and it was if it wasn't for the fact he disappeared, I'd have got them on the Friday night. But I agree, Marco. Twitter's exactly the right uh, medium to do it. I think. I think you just um, you need to put out. If you, if for example, if you if you sent messages to me and Chidge that you needed a ticket, Spike, um, uh, then we would just retweet it.
3: Exactly. You know,
0: and, uh, and it will go around to all our and every and, and ask other people to retweet. If I then put, can you retweet this? It's for a guy in uh, the Cayman Islands is coming over. With yeah, 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 exactly. And, and that and uh, and I would I would even try that um, actually the, on the Wednesday or even on the on the Tuesday. Try it the week before. I think you might get some, particularly because you've come you're coming so far. You might have somebody who's got a couple spare already by the beginning of the week. But the, you know, as soon as you do it, we can just recirculate everything. You know, we've all got several thousand. Um, followers, so it will it, always get out there.
2: Actually, you know what, on, on that very valid point, and that actually isn't a bad way at all, Marco, just keep in touch with us nearer the time, Spike, but uh, I know Bo- a lovely, lovely, lovely chap, Bonnie Rig Blues is also, uh, I think actually he's got he's got one got one from Buncey, but uh, he also uh, needs one more, so uh, the lovely Bonnie Rig Blues is also looking for a ticket for Wembley, uh, if any of you lot know him, know of one, He's easy to find on Twitter, Bonnie Rig Blues. So there you go. Anyway, do you want to uh, bash away with the next one, JK?
0: from Alan Conway.
2: Dear Chidge and the gang,
0: I'm a long-time listener of the fan cast and have finally built up the courage to send an email in. First of all, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for all your hard work and time to bring us such a fantastic show week after week. Oh, thank you. And I look forward to listening, which is the highlight of my week. I've been a supporter and diehard fan of our wonderful club for just over 20 years now. I would often, as a 12-year-old, come to the bridge on match days without a ticket just to grab autographs from players and meet them. <coughs> it was so much easier to have access to the players then as the car park once stood where the health club is behind the Matthew Harding stand. I remember always running up to whoever was getting out of their car and just offering to help carry any bags or cheekily ask if I could come with them to the dressing room to meet all the team. I was probably annoying them, but if I was, they never showed me I was. In fact, I remember in particular Kevin Hitchcock, Dimitri Karin and Tori Andre Flo being so kind to me and taking time out to ask how I, how I was in engaging conversation with me. To further my stalker-like behaviour, I once cried to my favourite player of all time not to leave, as I'd heard reports he could be on his way out. This man was Super Dan Petrescu. what a play he was, and he assured me he wasn't going anywhere. Although two years later he departed, but at the time he saw how distraught I was and kept my chin up. What a guy. I don't know if you remember when the West Stand was only halfway finished and never had a roof yet or upper tier. I certainly do. I would always go to the tower block behind by Fulham Broadway Station and go to the top floor to watch. Maybe I shouldn't admit this as I must have been a nuisance to the <coughs> residents. but I can assure you I was on my best behaviour not to ruin it for myself. About 20 minutes before full-time, I'd rush to the stadium on the off chance I could enter the stadium when the exits were opened, just to get a peek of the team in action. As a 12-year-old kid, I wasn't able to get a ticket to the games much, as my £10 a week pocket money ten pounds wouldn't stretch that far to pay for a ticket. So I'd try my best to save up to go at least one or two games a season. My pocket money was two and six. These were my favourite memories of supporting the Blues, and as grateful and lucky as I am now to have seen us win so much and become so successful, I still pine and miss that squad of the late 90s. Zola, Hughes, Biali, Di Matteo, Wise, Le Ferrer, Poet, and, of course, Super Dan Petrescu. Anyway, the reason I'm sending this email in is in support of our skipper, Gary Cahill. I've been disgusted at some of the stuff I've read on Twitter from so-called fans, Absolutely ripping in for Cahill. How wrong of them some are. How wrong some of them are. Gary has been nothing but sensational for us this season and has led by example in the absence of JT. What big shoes they are to fill, but I feel Cahill has grabbed the opportunity by the scruff of the neck and shown why he should be in the team. I've also heard similar criticism of Victor Moses and Marcus Alonso too this season. And I'm astonished that as of as of writing this, we're 10 points clear at the top of the table and in the semi-final of the FA Cup, that the people are still finding things to criticise and moan about, as I agree. All three of the mentioned players have been superb this season and are a huge part of why we are where we are. One person told me that Marcus Alonso used to play for Bolton Wanderers, so isn't Chelsea standard. I had to remind him that we signed Ida Good-Johnson and Nicholas Anelka from Bolton, and they both went on to win the Premier League in a blue shirt. Cahill was also signed And was the fastest history To win all the Premiership FA Cup League Cup Champions League And Europa League We'll forget that Tal Ben Haim happened (laughs) Anyway I've rumbled on enough now Take care Keep up the great work guys And above all Keep the blue flag Flying high Kind regards Alan Conway And his Twitter handle Is At Alan JT 26
2: What a lovely email mate What a lovely
0: email When I was 12, I used to do exactly that. I used to go yeah. to stand about and get autographs. And I had this huge, um, it was kind of a ledger, it wasn't a scrapbook. And I put all these pictures from, uh, um, it was um, uh, Goal was one of the magazines, and uh, Football Monthly, and there was some other glossy magazine I put all these pictures in. And I, I failed miserably frequently to get, there were so many kids trying to, trying to get an autographs. And I remember the worst experience I had was with Ron Yates, the Liverpool captain who i remember he was he was jogging along in that slightly um, look at me jog that uh, got off the coach jogging to the changing rooms in the old east stand and uh, uh, and everybody was looking at him he's about six foot three the bloke you know he's huge and i'm a, a little four foot six 12 year old coming up and i say look, could you sign now this huge huge picture of him from football monthly and i said uh, um, excuse me Mr. c c8 um, could you in my wonderful uh, public school uh, little tone could you sign my picture please and he went, oh, you got to get me after the game, Sonny. And leapt off into the distance. I went, oh, OK. Anyway, after the game, came up to him with my... There he was again. They'd won 2-0 or something. Came up to him after the game with my huge football monthly picture. Mr. Yates, I've got to get you after the game. Oh, you should have got me before the game, Sonny. <laughs> off he went into the distance. But uh, anyway, that's my, uh, that's my Yates story. Um, my autograph story. Um, but yeah, the other thing, what did he say? Um, that the, um, the team, uh, the 90s team, I Agree completely. Phenomenal, brilliant, all yeah, of them.
2: Yeah, I mean, all of them. It's really interesting, phenomenal
0: actually. football, really. and you've got to mention Lasso, of course, as well. who was a uh, was absolutely um, essential to that team as well. They were a great team. Fascinating. Yeah,
2: team. it's really funny that that should come up, and because I didn't read these emails before I put the script together today, or was it last night? I can't remember anyway. But uh, you know, Johnny T, who I was sitting with on on Saturday, his his absolute big time hero is Dan Protes. Petrescu, good, i get my teeth Wonderful in. player. You know, he loves super. So, Marco, great memories of that. That I, I love that team. I absolutely love that team. And it's funny, isn't it? They're one of the kind of the, I think, you know, I, we always have this thing where you can yeah. kind of name an entire lineup of the side. And there are, for us, I suppose, because we're quite old, there are several sides that we could do that. But that's certainly one of them for me. I could name the lineup of that team, you know. So, uh, great email, wouldn't it?
3: Fantastic! Very, uh, some they're great. These emails, all of
2: them, aren't they? Alan's a very good lad very as well. Actually, he's a good follow on Twitter. I've followed him for quite a while. He's a good lad. So, uh, Alex, um uh, also, sorry, he's, Jonathan, he's
0: right. Of, he's right about Cahill as well. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. I think that's he, he got really steamed
2: up about it. Thing. Yeah, he got steamed up yeah. about it a couple of weeks ago, and um i you know when i wrote that article very much in defense of cahill he was very, we had a quite good chat on twitter and he said i've got to write to you i've got to write to you tell tell you how i feel and i think he's done that superbly alex how are you i'm back you're back should we tell them a secret should we t- should we let them into the secret
1: if it'll make you stop fucking going all fergy with a hair at me no no i'm not me. gonna tell them no <laughs>
2: i wasn't no not that secret I was, <laughs> no 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 that's gonna stay between you and me and my mobile <laughs> and, and, and my very warped imagination clearly uh but uh, no we we lost alex for a bit actually uh, bt she as she so eloquently put um uh, bt face planted you know and there we lost her but she's back i'm really glad to say that she's back anyway uh, jonathan uh, i just wanted to make sure that people realized that she hadn't topped herself because i screamed at her a minute ago i wanted to make sure that you knew that uh, we have another email don't we jonathan We do from
0: Nick Cotter. I thought, Alex, you were being very subtle, in fact, Mm. and you just let the the couple of old timers...
2: um...
1: He did say to me, have you done a Jonathan and just said, this isn't working for me. (laughs) You're not
2: supposed to say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's payback for you shouting at me. Because in my defence, I am sitting here in my pants and the only thing I can reach from here (laughs) is my iPhone. There's no paper, there's no shuffling. Bertie's out cold on the sofa. I don't know. I don't know why your little ring of blueness is going schizo well, it tonight. Did. But it haven't, did. Haven't I did it? Did I don't annoyed. know
2: why, but it was definitely you. But anyway, enough of that. Come on, let's get on with this other email. <laughs> Alex, are they large pants? Oh my god, he's on No, off. they're he's not. Off. They're
1: not granny pants. They're black French knickers. If oh. there's is it, any Hello. consequence.
2: Ding oh. dong. Can, look, can you get on? <laughs> can, can you get on with this, Jonathan? Before we all have a heart I attack. <Yes>.
1: What a filthy imagination. Apologies to everyone whose email was supposed to be read out after that. It's Nick Cotter. He's going to read it out
2: now. Off you go, mate. Nick
0: Cotter. Anyway, he's he's put it very succinctly. Long-time listener, first-time writer. Here's another email for you after your plea several weeks ago when you had none. I've been meaning to write for ages, so forgive the length of this email, as I've included about three years' worth of pent-up observations. Well done, mate. First of all, thanks to all of you for all the effort you put into the podcast. It's great to hear opinions of fellow supporters that are so passionate about all things Chelsea and you help to make me feel more connected to the club as a result. I also love to hear the stories from supporters around the world. So do I. So do I, Nick. Secondly, I agree with you all regarding the current paucity of songs for players. I began watching Chelsea in 1990 and have noticed throughout the last 27 years, oh, am I really that old, that certain eras of teens, eras of teens, tend to have more player-based songs than others. During the great Hullet Viali era of teams, every player seemed to have a song. And I remember before, before every game, the crowd would sing the names of players in turn and then receive a gesture of applause from said player. Absolutely. The same was true of Jose Mark I's Mark team and the Munich 2012 team. It feels like this current Chelsea incarnation is more than deserving of this and it must make a player feel a hundred times taller to hear their name sung before a game. We currently have several players without a song and God only knows how well the likes of Aspie, Alonso, Kante and David Luiz would be performing if they did have their own song. As great as Frank Lampard was and he was, singing songs about him scoring against West Ham should be consigned to either the pub or the visit of those cheeky irons as we've got plenty to sing about currently without harking back to former glories. We are not Liverpool. I also completely agree with your sentiments regarding the liquidator. I guess at the age of 35, this makes me both a traditionalist and an old fart. And so I'm <laughs> delighted to be in your company. Yes, thank you. Traditional old fart as I am. Anyway, the third point I'd like to make is one about the impatience of the Chelsea crowd. It's my opinion, we're genuinely so spoilt by the standard of the team that crowds are now less forgiving and more impatient than ever. As someone that plays football twice a week at a fairly low level, I never fail to be impressed at just how good the first touch, decision-making and all-round ability displayed by the players is. And I think that seems to be forgotten by a lot of supporters. The number of moans and groans I hear when a pass is misplaced or a ball miscontrolled grates on me somewhat. I feel that patience is also an issue with new players. I know the fan cast has made an about-turn on Pedro in light of his brilliant performances this season, and it makes me wonder how many other players could have flourished if given time. I know Juan Cuadrado got pelters from people, but he was never really given an opportunity and run of games and joined mid-season, when players joining with no PL experience notoriously need time to adjust. He's still a Colombian international winning Italian leagues, and competing in the latter stages of the Champions League at Juventus, which makes him a pretty good player in my book, and one who deserved more of a chance. I've also heard some disparaging remarks about Batshuayi from certain supporters, and I wonder quite what they expect from a young player that joined and has had had only a handful of opportunities, often as a sub and in a team that hasn't played together much. I think a bit more patience and support for new players would go a long way, and I wonder whether you think this type of impatience is a new development, who has always been there, and I've just noticed it. And I appreciate we're a much bigger team now than in the days of Peter Nicholas and Alan Dickens, and that standards are higher, but I do think people are sometimes ov- overly harsh in a league that many successful foreign players often say takes a lot of getting used to. Fourthly, there was some discussion recently about Branner's departure, and I know the old cult hero versus club legend conversation was brought up. It's obviously subjective, and there are no right or wrong answers, but allow me to present my case. During his time with us, he won two Premier League titles, three FA Cups, a League Cup, a Champions League, a Europa League. He scored the winning goal in the final. He played right-back or centre-back and until last season, where admittedly, he did not have a great time. I can only recall him ever making a mistake in one game, the defeat at home against Swansea in the League Cup semi under Benitez. <laughs> Branagh was a player who scored goals in huge games, like Liverpool away, oh, yes. Napoli at home and the aforementioned Europa League final. A player that was not only a loyal foot soldier, but a leader and one of the lions of the new new Camp in 2012, when we kept out that great Barcelona team, went down to 10 men for most of the game. If there's been a better rearguard performance in Chelsea's history, then I would love to have seen it. A seemingly humble guy that in his pomp I would be happy to have in any all-time Chelsea team. As 99 times out of 100, he could be relied upon. In my opinion, if he does not qualify as a club legend, then it's hard to know who does. I'm sad he's left, although unfortunately it appeared his time was up. I'd love to see him back at the bridge soon, so we can say goodbye properly. I realise I've now rambled on for ages. To so understand this email may be too long to read out. No, but spending time writing this when I should be working is the least I can do in light of the hours of entertainment you've given me. I would also love to buy you all a beer. Hooray! JK and, orange. and JK and orange. <laughs> Actually, no, it'd have to be a fizzy water because there's too much sugar. London no, lager. One match day. So I'll look out for you next time I'm in the cock. Lovely.
2: I'm always in the garden, usually, Uh, Nick, should you know. And it's a pint of ordinary for me.
0: Do you see that that, um, mail that uh, Dan put out? about? He put a small T with the cock. It didn't make any sense. It looked rather rude. Do you see that Twitter that he did in the week? Well, we
2: always (laughs) tend to do that. It's kind of become a thing before the game. But anyway, there's more to this email. There's more. more. I know, I know, I know.
0: P.S. On the subject of meeting Chelsea players, after the first leg of the Champions League quarterfinal against Arsenal in 2004, I went out after the game and met a friend who was out with none other than Frank Sinclair. That guy can drink. (laughs) I also met Kerry at a Chelsea Chelsea pub quiz where we had the honour of having the big man on our team. He was great company and a top bloke. After a few glasses of wine, I even had the balls to rib him about the worst penalty by a Chelsea player I've ever seen live away at qpr in 1990 i mean he should have seen the pat nevin one and he had the good grace to humor me and laugh about it it's good to see him back cheers and keep the blue flag flying high nick cotter
2: what a superb email and and uh, i'm sure you would agree uh, all of you really I, I mean you know it's interesting isn't it the whole branner thing he, he seems to have just fizzled out kind of apt How a can you have
1: spent so long writing such an awesome email and not mention Branner's ass?
2: Well, because he's a bloke, Alex, and we don't mention <laughs> things like that. Only <laughs> you women that do that. Don't well, I mean, tell me you don't have
1: a man crush on Branagh when he scored no, those two I, I, I No, I, I had
2: a man crush on Michael Ballock, I think. He's more my type. Uh, oh. Anyway... Um, what I was going to say was that actually it's quite weird, isn't it, because Branner kind of fizzled into the club because if you remember, we bought him and he didn't play for ages because he was somewhere else and injured and all the rest of it, and he's kind of fizzled in and fizzled out, and I, I think I think Nick's got a really good point, Marco, you know i i I love Branner, I loved him, and i I just hope that in years to come he might actually get the the recognition he he undoubtedly deserves as a real real, real player for this club.
3: I think, uh, well, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, he's already. I think he's already sort of bounced back to being thought of that way. You know, um, yeah, his sort of career fell away a bit towards the end, and he made a few rickets. But you know, I, I think we were. I was talking to somebody at the stall on Saturday. You know, we we, we were talking about um, the Napoli game. Um, you know, he he was an epic player for Chelsea, Brenner.
2: Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Alex, would you echo, apart from his bum, would you echo those sentiments?
1: Yeah, in the words of the only Arsenal friend I have, you lot moaning about him makes me laugh because I'd have fucking killed to have a defender like yeah, that for yeah, the I last bet 10 would. years. I
2: bet that's a really, <laughs> really good point. Listen, guys, we've got to wrap up this part, so just allow me uh, to do the usual plugs that I do. But I've got to be honest, I've got some really, really exciting news that I'm, I'm really so chuffed to be able to announce to you. But uh, whilst we've been on air, I mean, as you know, uh, the Supporters Trust and Rick Glanville have been uh, trying to uh, raise five and a half thousand quid to recognise former Chelsea player Jack Whitley with a memorial on his grave at Brompton Cemetery. Um, basically, we want to kind of mark his final resting place A very loyal servant to Chelsea and he's the only footballer, Chelsea footballer, we know to have been buried in the cemetery next door to Stamford Bridge. Um, And he served the club loyally with distinction uh, from the age of 29 to 61 as first choice goalkeeper between 1907 and 1914. And then as the first team trainer from 1914 to 1939. Now, when I wrote the script, it was we had raised 93 percent of the five and a half thousand pounds. While we've been on air, we have reached the target. We are now at 100%, £5,502. So, how about that? I think a round of applause for everybody who's donated. That is superb news. Well done. Now, that is absolutely brilliant, actually. And I tell you what, do you know what's remarkable about this? I mean, I, 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 I was the one who organised it all on Just Giving, and the. Uh, you know, officially the campaign's open till uh, July or something. We, we have, or the people who have, have donated for this fund, and it's not just Chelsea supporters, it's supporters from, from all sorts of other clubs as well. It's amazing how, how it's really touched a nerve. We've done this in three weeks. Three weeks. It's, in, it's incredible, isn't it, chaps? Is there anything
0: Incredible. else that um, we could raise some money for? Well that's, a really, well, that's
2: a really... Yes, me. Yeah, apart from Alex. <laughs> uh, her, no,
1: no, seriously. Me and Charlie and his son, Lou, so free Chelsea fans. We are going to walk from the Dead Sea to Petra in November for Veterans in Action. Well, lovely. Are look. you? Yes, we are, yeah.
2: I look. that. Well, look, listen, because the campaign is obviously open and there's a very good chance that people may still contribute to the Jack Whitley uh, campaign but do not worry I mean whilst that will cover everything for Jack Whitley it will also if if we raise more than the five and a half thousand that we've asked for the trust can spend that on all sorts of other things because as you know we do a lot of work at Brompton Cemetery and it will go to helping upkeep a lot of the Chelsea related graves there like the Mears, uh, Claude Kirby, uh, Bobby Campbell um, I mean they were all there the other week actually It was an international break uh, Kyle Broadbent's there as well. There's quite a few Chelsea related graves that we work quite hard on to preserve, maintain, keep up. And this will pay for, you know, over and above Jack Whitley's grave. It will help to pay for the tools that we need to do that and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, if if you feel you've missed out, don't, you know, carry on contributing. It's no problem doing that. The money will be spent very wisely and all for a fantastic cause. So there you go. Uh, I just very, very quickly as we're on this kind of subject, of course, you know, don't forget to join the trust. Uh, all you have to do is to sign up at Trust dot com, pay five quid to become a voting member, and then you can attend the meetings, come to the events, vote on all the important issues that directly affect you, and make sure you get your voice heard. And follow them at Chelsea S Trust. Now, uh, talking of things like that, CPO, um, we wholeheartedly support the Chelsea pitch owners here, and uh, and owning a share in the club, uh, which is very is as it is as important now. Whilst we are about to go and uh, build the new stadium as it ever was, uh, and we need to make sure that it's the supporters that own the stadium forever and ever and ever and ever, amen. And all you have to do uh, is buy a share for around a hundred quid, and you email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners, and you can follow them on Twitter at ch- at pitchowners. Very simple, and you can also buy those shares in instalments, and the. Uh, They go out, as I said, for about 100 quid, but you can pay an installment to get one, which is a bit cheaper. Um, The latest copy of CFC UK is now available. Uh, Marco was uh, uh, on the stall on Saturday, and they were going like hotcakes, as always. If you can't get one yourself, do not worry. You can always get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, you can follow the Twitter account at cfcukusa. And if you're interested in getting a, a CFC UK copy, you can contact Dan Lundberg, on Twitter, at DLundberg uh, underscore. Now, after the break, uh, we've got some, uh, some. well, actually, Alex and uh, Mark are both going to tell us about their new books that are coming out. Um, we've got some more emails from Warren Galley uh, and perhaps John Chips Chiverton, although John said maybe he can wait another day for his email because it relates to what we do in the off-season. So we'll have a think about that, John. And Colby Vector and Ross Park, we'll see you in a sec. Fans, real
3: opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea
2: Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football F- fancast.com Okay, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, the last part. It's alright, you've only got another 25 minutes to go, and then you don't have to listen to us anymore for A whole week, uh, but we've got the wonderful Jonathan Kidd, we've got the oh. fabulous Mark Worrell, and we've got the delicious Alex Churchill.
1: In my bad, I, I, I wasn't knickers. gonna say that, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that, I was gonna say <laughs> Jonathan yeah, did, it's fine. I was gonna
2: say in her French, her black French knickers, which sounds a bit <laughs> sexier, really, doesn't it? Um, but anyway, um. <laughs> If if Alex is wearing uh, black French knickers, I dread to think what Marco is wearing. That's all I can say. Um, But anyway, uh, talking of Marco and Alex, it's kind of their their turn for to be in the in the spotlight a little bit. But Alex, you have a this is the first chance you've had to plug this on the show, really, isn't it? But you've got a new book coming out at the end of the uh, end of the season. Am I right?
1: Yeah, well, my first football-related book. So I'm going to do a book version of the blog with some new bits and all of the articles that have been out during the season. And I'm going to go back and retrospectively take the piss out of everything we've been saying and thinking and writing about throughout the course of the season. Like when we lost 3-0 to Arsenal, everyone went, oh, it's the end! I think there was a photo online of me with a bottle of gin in my mouth. And then look what happened after that, 13 games unbeaten. Wow. But anyway, yeah, so that's my book. It's available to pre-order on ebook format, but there will be a paperback as well.
2: Will there? Yes. I'd like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not a fan of uh kindle so, no, no, no I... it's
1: quite easy to put a kindle ebook on amazon for pre-order but it's a bit more of a faff to do a paperback so i just haven't bothered but there will be a paperback too all right good because
2: i want to sign i want a signed copy and i want a big rougey lipsticky kiss on it as well all right
1: <laughs> deal
2: lovely all right uh, and i want exactly the same from you marco for the italian job you're gonna, you're gonna tell us all about that I'll, then? I'll
3: borrow. i'll borrow alex's lipstick she's only down the road
2: <laughs> yeah Good stuff, but maybe, maybe not the pants, all right, Marco? Just say, Yeah.
1: No, he stretched them last time. Not them <laughs> Quality answer. <laughs> There's a compliment in there somewhere. There must be somewhere. I'm struggling, fi- I'm
2: struggling to find it, but it sounded good. They're all out of shape now. Yes, they probably would be, Alex. It's kind of a biological reason for that. Marco, enough. We must talk about your new book coming out. The picture of which on the adorning the cover is absolutely superb. But please tell me about your new book. It's called "The Italian Job: How Planet Chelsea Fell in Love with Antonio Conte."
3: And and essentially, that's what it is. Um, so it, it's it's basically uh, just about Conte from when he first started being touted as a potential Chelsea manager to, you know, through through the Euros and then coming to the bridge um, and, and where we are now and everything in between. So um, lots of little sound bites in there. Um, Try to find some bits and pieces out that aren't um, specifically, well, it's just from sort of Italian um, sources uh, little bits and pieces that that wouldn't necessarily be in in the well known domain, um, yeah. And this will be out in uh, same as with Alex. It's available to pre order in uh, Kindle format at the moment, It will be out in paperback um, in in June. Uh, and the photograph on the cover it was taken by um, Debbie Cody Disco Debs uh on on twitter mrs cfc unofficial as she is on twitter who does a photo blog um which is www.cfcunofficial.com which is always worth checking out because she does take some great photos and i i asked her at the start of the season if she got the opportunity to take a really good picture of conte um then you know, would she be interested in having it on on the cover of this this book? And she said yes. And it went on and on and on. And, and there was like there were there were some nearly shots, but not quite. And then she just really took got that picture. She took it up at Stoke um, a few weeks ago now, and and it really just captures the essence of the fella. So uh, yeah, hopefully. Um, it will be a story about Conte winning the league and not a story about glorious unpredictability. (laughs) (laughs) Can I
1: just say as well that you've got to order it because right now both Marco and I are being outsold in the Chelsea chart on Amazon by Mesut Frickin Ozil because some twat has listed his autobiography, which is called Gunning for Greatness, probably should be like Gunning
3: for Greatness.
1: Yeah. It should be gunning for hapless and disinterested mediocrity. But anyway, some twat listed him, his official biography, as a Chelsea book. So now we're constantly up against him, aren't we? What, why is it listed?
2: Yeah. Is it, why is it listed? Has that been, is that a deliberate ploy, do you think? Uh, well, I uh, oh, no, uh, I think it's
3: just twatted when, it, when, it, when, I, when I was first aware of it being on there, um, the, there was some chatter about him leaving leaving uh arsenal in the summer and i thought you know do these guys know something
1: <laughs> the hilarity <laughs> is that because know. it's in the chelsea category if you buy something else in the chelsea category you get an email from Amazon. you might like to buy this uh, no but i that. know yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. you know
2: i'm not a fan of burning books but for that one i could make an exception um anyway talking <laughs> of uh, talking of more books actually i'm going to grab marco while he's here um but you know, this is not the only books that are coming out because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you don't mind me mentioning this, but shout now if you do. But otherwise, I'm going to say, of course, we've got the Eddie Mack book coming out in May and we've got the Tim Rolls yeah. Doherty's Diamonds book coming out uh, also in May. So it's going to be a bumper bumper summer for books. No, no, no.
3: Tim, Tim's book's not. Um,
2: Tim's book's going to be published. You're right. It's September, public. isn't it? uh october, october i think october yeah uh, he's going to be crowdfunding it though i've got, i mean actually i've got i've got tim coming on uh, the show on the 11th of oh, right, may yeah. so that he can kind of give that a bit of a plug and i'm going to do an interview with him that i can replay uh you know over yeah. summer or whenever yeah, he reads I
3: mean, it so, yeah what what we're doing with that essentially is because the the photographs um there are some good photographs actually for that era but uh, to license them is yeah. quite expensive so what we thought we'd do is do a hardback or endeavor to raise the money through crowdfunding to do a hardback version with photographs so it'd be interesting to see hopefully people will support that um you know i mean it's not it's not a money-making exercise it's it, it simply generate the money and, and print the book in that format so um it will it will come out anyway uh there'll, there'll be an edition a paperback edition songs photographs um but yeah no it'd be nice to for that one to come to fruition as um an all singing all dancing picture book
2: i mean i remember talking to smithy about this a long time ago you know neil smith about the eddie matt book yeah, it'd be nice to do one before that date, and we'll we'll either have an interview or maybe what we maybe Marco the thing to do is we, you get me and a few of the lads that we're talking about in the pub, and I just take the Zoom down there and we do it kind of impromptu over a few London lagers. Now there's an idea. Yeah, I mean it'd be nice.
3: It'd be nice, you know, for sort of Neil and Mark me into yeah exactly you know, the opportunity to talk about it. I mean, you know, it, it was it was Mark's,
2: you know, Mark's it's his baby, done, isn't it? Really. A,
3: yeah, I mean, and he he's done. You know, there's I think there's 20 player interviews in there, of which he's done maybe 90% of them. So you know, it, it really is uh, a lot of it's down to his hard work.
2: Well, how about this? Um, you, you, me, you, me, Mark, me, and Smithy in a pub with a tape recorder, old school, lovely. How about that?
3: Sounds good to me.
2: Yeah, it, or or even the Cheam sports club. <laughs> I'm not fussy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> enough in with with some what was it some English tappers maybe Mark on a Friday night <laughs> uh, some, and some intergalactic. Anyway, enough uh, enough of book club. But that's really. I mean, watch out for those people. I mean, Alex and Marco's books will be excellent, but uh, the Eddie Mac book will be an absolute. It'll be the definitive work on one of. Our generation's favourite yeah, favorite Chelsea teams, the it's Eddie Mac side of the 1976-77 season. Right, very, very quickly, because we're running out of time rapidly, um, I just thought I'd let you know all about this, because I'm sure you'll be interested to hear this, but uh, the autistic Chelsea lad who was facing a ban, I mean, basically many thanks to those of you who emailed in support of the autistic lad who was facing criminal charges relating to bringing Pyro into the West Ham game. I'm delighted to say that not only did the court conditionally discharge the young fan for six months uh, and the police and Crown Prosecution Service were further persuaded to withdraw their application for a football banning order, but Chelsea Football Club have also suspended the ban they had imposed on him for three years, which means he is still able to attend Chelsea matches. So massive thanks to Dave Hislop, QC, Amanda Jacks from the FSF, and the Chelsea Supporters Trust, and all of you who supported the cause. Absolutely fantastic. I'm sure you'll be delighted to hear that. Now, Jonathan, we've got several emails here. What, what, what I suggest we do is that we, we leave John Chips Chiverton's till last, and then depending on how yeah. we're doing for time, John is in, in Mixler, and we'll say, John, do you want us to read it out or not? And then he can vote for, as to whether we read his email out or not. How does that sound? a
0: vote of all the mix of... Um, we could the, do that.
2: We could do that. But we're, we're, we're let's get a shift on because we've been waffling. I've been waffling on too long, my fault as always.
0: This is from Warren Galley. Um, another from South Africa. Once again, brilliant. The fact that he's from all over the place is so, so superb. Um, uh, Hi, Chidge and the boys. The email last week from my fellow South African Chelsea fan inspired me to write in. I haven't been a Chelsea fan for too long. My father was a rugby player and was never a football fan. But ever since Terry defended a certain goal, one of the bravest headers I've seen in the Champions League final against United have been sold on the club. I don't care that I get called a plastic fan or all, all the children I teach frequently try and replace the Lampard shirt hung in my classroom with Liverpool jerseys. I've truly seen the beauty of CFC thanks largely to the excellent job you boys do on the podcast every week. Your show fills my commute to and from work every week and has become the reason I don't mind sitting in traffic. Oh, great. I hope that one day I'll have the privilege of a live game at the bridge, or at the very least a beer with some of my non-player Chelsea heroes. That's you lot. Oh, my question is about our striking forward options next year. Do you think that Batman will get the backing of Conte after a year as an understudy? Or is the move of Lukaku going to lead to him picking splinters out of his arse for a second season on the bench? This is all assuming that Diego Costa does swap life in London for pollution and poor quality football in the East next year. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what our best options would be for next season and our hopeful title defence. P.S. Your recent discussions about fan songs about players got me thinking. Is there some way or somewhere you could compile a song bible of some sort that fans like myself, who never had the privilege of attending a match at the bridge, could look at to see the songs currently being sung? I'd also like to suggest that he's got the whole world in his hand. The old Sunday school song would work perfectly for our stunning midfielder, Kante. Thanks for the great job every week. Keep the blue flag flying high. Warren Galley.
2: Uh, Oh, by the way, Jonathan, uh, breaking news. In the pub on Saturday, Pablo announced to me, I'm sorry to say this, Marco, and and even more sorry, Waltz, because I love Waltz, but I have heard the definitive and the best new Kante song there is. Sadly, <laughs> I got so drunk afterwards that I cannot remember a Can't word remember. of it. But I can tell you, M- Marco, seriously, mate, it is absolutely brilliant. We need to phone well, up. the come
3: to, to the stall on, on right. Wednesday. I will. I'll I film will. him singing. Right. And bang it on YouTube. What a great is idea. One of, I'm just having a look now. The, the Walter version, let me tell you. Um, that Walter one has had...
0: Uh, how many views has it had in Is that the one with, with the the bloke who who looks like Kante, but clearly yeah. isn't Kante. I mean that
3: yeah. got, got almost twelve thousand twelve thousand views. Wow. Um, Walter and his
2: Kante mask. mask. Well you see the thing is yeah. if you're gonna get Pablo to do it, mate, he his non- anonymity is very crucial these days, and you know why. Uh so he would definitely yeah. he would definitely have to wear the, well, Kante, I think mask. the, the Kante
3: mask. The Kante mask is in is in the lockup.
2: So well, there you go. yeah, I'll I'll text him and get him to do that. But it was absolutely brilliant, and I just so drunk I can't remember a word of it. Um, good questions raised in this, actually, weren't there, Jonathan? Um, let, let's let's go with you first. I mean, because I know Marco Marco's pretty convinced from what he was saying earlier on in the show that Costa won't be here. Um, so thoughts on Batman and uh, or Batshuai? Uh huh, uh huh. I like it and uh, Lukaku.
0: You may notice that that's never been sung, has it? Only um, by, only by uh, me and
2: Pablo at the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: the, in harmony. I've heard it was a very good rendition. It was. Um, uh, uh, no, I think Batshuayi will be sold. Uh, and it will be... Um, uh, I think it will be another striker that we don't know anything about. I think they might try and buy Lukaku, but let's see. But yeah, I'm not convinced that Costa... I think um, we were all saying that earlier. I think Alex was saying that. I think uh, it, he'll be... Uh, and uh, Marco was saying it. He'll be off. But I think Lukaku would do wonderfully well. I have to say, I think he's um, he's come on leaps and bounds. But Vatshwai is um, uh, he's not he doesn't play him because he's not doing well in training. So you know, you what know
2: you what, do? J.K. Ker- Kerry was very positive about Lukaku when I asked him the pretty much the same question last week. Kerry Kerry rates him highly, which I was su- yeah, yeah, yeah I was surprised I'm, in a way. I'm but big- you
1: know. oh, but he's lazy.
2: No, the only thing
1: I'll say, if he's lazy, if there's one manager that will kick that out of him, yeah, it's absolutely,
0: absolutely agree. That's but just point.
1: seventy-five million is a lot to play, or whatever they're saying we're going to pay for someone who needs a bit of an attitude adjustment in order to be worth that amount of money. That's my. He's, only it, issue. he's in the he's in the right place at the right time a lot. Lukaku, he's in the box mm-hmm. a lot. He gets in there and he's. He he's also the practice. replacement for Drogba we never got, which was someone who can hold off the three players yeah. get put on them yeah. when we hoof it up there and. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm be not on a complete one. downer about it, but I just the only thing I say about White is that and there's like three stages to your development, isn't there? There's when you're a kid and you're still learning, and then there's when you're sort of on the bench and you're supposed to be making a name for yourself and you're the backup, and then there's the number one guy. I still think he's at the beginning. I think it's a bit harsh to rule him out completely.
0: I just don't think we've got enough time for him. I think if he'd been good enough, he'd have played him more. Well, it's, there it's is tricky. that.
1: Jonathan,
2: I can announce uh, officially that John, the lovely John Chips Chiverton, has said no, leave it till the end of the season, please.
0: All right, no so problem. So we can
2: move on to uh, Colby. I think it's Vector. What do you reckon?
0: Vector. By the way, I just, I just like the idea of it being a uh, a fans' bible for the songs. I think it's a very good idea. It should be. Somebody should get all well, the songs Well, is together. that is
2: that so is you- that what um what um? Oh, for God's sake! My mind's gone to complete blank uh what warren. Warren. Well, ah, warren i'm glad you reminded me of that because warren there is of sorts we a we have one on the website and it's one of the most viewed things on our website but we've got an a to z of uh, chelsea chance it's a way out of date i'll admit so i need to go in there and update it but there's a you can find on there's a brilliant website the name of which escapes me of, of course i think it might actually be called football chance but it's actually got little mp3s of some of these songs and it's well worth having a look on there um tweet me email me whatever and i'll find it and i've got your email just i'll I'll just ping the link back when i found it so how about that all right jonathan
0: uh this one is from uh, colby vetka dear Chidge and the boys i've been listening nearly two years now want to say first and foremost how obvious the passion comes out in the show You all do a wonderful job. It's a joy to listen to each week. Thank you, Colby. I've thought about writing an email for some time, but never really knew what to say. I finally suppose it was a weird dream that made me write. The other night, I'm I'm wincing. I dreamt that I met Chidge randomly outside the ground. And we took a photo together. Nothing seemed (laughs) off about that in Dreamland. But what did seem odd is that Chidge was naked. No, sorry. kids was as sober as they come. It's even nah, worse than never, being
2: naked. Never. Something
0: that sounds like has never happened, at least hearing from the commentary on the fan cast. I sounds sounds like, like a
2: nightmare be. to me, JK.
0: It does. Absolutely dreadful.
2: Um, oh, God, you'd have been.
0: You'd have been uh, completely together, wouldn't you, Chid, And uh, As you are on the show. You'd have been exactly as you are on the show. Exactly. Um, there I go. suppose I do have a few things I wanted to discuss. First is my validation as a Chelsea supporter. I've followed the team for around a decade, but because games were difficult to view in the States, up until the last couple of years with the big TV contract, I've never fully dove in until last season. I also started listening to the fan cast at the same time and assume it has something to do with that. Now, whether it's 6.30 a.m. or the middle of a workday, I'm watching or listening, proudly wearing the blue shirt. Getting the latest Chelsea news is one of the first things I think about when I wake up in the morning. And I'm also reading up a lot on the club's history and traditions. Probably knows more about it than we do. However, there are a lot of traditions or idioms I hear on the show that I don't fully understand moments like. Only a pan. (laughs) Hurry up. And where were you when we were shit? Always perk my ears up because as an American Chelsea fan, I'm not in West London living and breathing a match day. Going back to last season, though, in all of the dread that took place, I found myself constantly thinking about the club. The heartache of seeing Jose leave and the lack of interest from the players were real pains that I felt on a daily basis. But it was in that nightmare of a season, the club transformed from a sports team to a necessity in my life. While I know where were you when we were shit goes back a number of years, it's adopted a more personal meaning for me. We were dreadful last season. It was clearly a change, clear a change was needed. Enter Antonio Conte. His turnaround of the team, with largely the same group from last season, has been remarkable. While it's been touched on a number of times during the fancast this season, I thought I'd bring it up again. How has he done it? How has he grabbed a group of unmotivated players last year and turned them into the toast of the Premier League? I know the talent has always been there, but it shows how important the proper mentality is to win trophies. It seems like it's happened virtually overnight. He's a figure that I hope stays with the club a long time. Thanks again for all the hard work you do. Up the Chelsea, All the best. Colby W. And he's Mixler. He is. Paul he's in.
2: Blue. He's in the. He's in the house tonight. I can see his, little, his little name is there, so he must be in there. And Annou- announce yourself, Colby, if you're still in the house. But I can see your uh, uh, avatar there, so you must be, Jonathan. Brilliant stuff. Um, I'm going to ask Marco. There we go. He says thanks, J.K. Mate. There you go. He's just posted on Mixler brilliant. for you, Marco. Um, it has to be you and Alex who uh, who talk about only a pound area. Where did, where did that come from, uh, Marco? What's, what's that?
1: Only it's a pound, Dave's no real... thing, is what he said well, kn- I
2: know, that. But history. when did it? When I did it start? And, and and since when have you been called Marco? <laughs> Go back to your French black knickers, you right, Marco? Do you know when did he start doing that?
3: Well, I, th- I think he's done it ever since because it's always been a pound.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and why did he? Why did he? Why is the fanzine only a pound? Is it because that's the same amount that you sued Ken Bates for, or something, and won?
3: I don't know. I, I, I mean, I've said to—I think quite a few people have said to him that because I mean, no other fan, most other fans, he's a two or three quid. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's he's adamant that it stays at a pound. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, bless him. And and the other thing, and an interesting thing, Alex, is the where where were you when where were we when we were shit? Actually, I think that's quite hmm. recent because it's it's only really recently that a lot of opposition fans have been hurling that stupid brickbat at us which we have
1: circa 2003 well, isn't po- it they possibly, started yeah, chucking at you know,
2: us possibly but um so that's actually not that old but i think i think maybe the point that colby's interested in is the fact that i mean marco's fantastic uh where were you where were we when we were shit t-shirts which are just legendary if you can get your hands on one of those colby beg borrow or steal one but you know our report is that we were when we were shit we were basically in your pub in your town and and doing very naughty things, basically. So there you go. So that... Chase,
1: Chasing you when we were shit, isn't yes, it?
2: Yes, it? it's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, and the final question, JK. Um, you know, what's the secret to Conte's success, mate, do you think? Blimey.
0: Oh, I wish I knew. Just clearly, he's, just, uh, he's inspiring, isn't he? He's uh, inspirational, um, tactical, um, knows, having been a player, unlike Mourinho, clearly knows so much more about what's going on on the pitch. And he gets enthi- it his enthusiasm he gets it his enthusiasm must uh, rub off and, uh, and 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 tactically brilliant um, and has a has a uh, an ability to create the team spirit uh, unlike any other i think mm. all those
2: things there we go um, phenomenal la passionata, in it
1: there's a really telling quote from him actually which if you give me 30 seconds i can find about it. Go- and it just i'm going
2: to tie- just... time you all right Go. Shall just... well, I start this
0: one from Ross yeah. Park, and then you find it and then mention all right. it? Just before. great idea.
2: Well done, Which mate.
0: does his disappearing. I've right? lost the plot. So Ross well done. Park. Ross, Park. Ross. Ross Park was that Ross Park? With an E. With an e. Park. With an I don't mean. I don't mean E Park. How I do you
2: know it's not Ross Parky? park-y? Oh, it could. Because there's no accent. It okay. Could be park-y. Get, it get <laughs> you. Yeah. Get you and your it friend of a, knickers.
0: it could be a wooden floor. <laughs> Oh, oh, off you go, mate. Hi, all. What a hugely disappointing result that was. Um, I myself am guilty of getting complacent. When Fabregas (laughs) scored, I believed it was game one reality check. Conte's been saying it's not over. has been shown to be correct. While I, and I'm sure many other fans, got complacent. I don't believe it's an accusation that could be thrown at the team. How did we not win that game? These games do occur very occasionally. and We have to accept that. The only thing that got me more annoyed than the inevitable smug face of Big Stan was the incredible self-soiling of the Chelsea football (laughs) stripper. Fuck me, what a bunch of babies. I saw one account tweet that a point against City is no good. Get a grip. I refuse to fear a Tottenham side that is filled with mediocre England players. We're seven points clear with nine games to go. What do these Berks on Twitter want? These morons don't deserve success, but bloody hell, Conte and his team do. All of a sudden, I'm seeing that we should have sold Costa to China. Give me strength. He's had an average month and a poor game. He's also won more points than any other player in the Premier League. The complete overreaction every week, really, is starting to tire me out. I was probably more content last season. Alonso's shit. Cahill's a liability. Costa's a fraud. Matic is the donkey. They're top of the league. Moses was useless last week, but this week we really missed him. I've had enough. We've responded superbly to every defeat this season, and I expect a similar response to romp us to the title. Tell me, I'm not going insane. Win or lose, up the blues, Ross Park.
2: Well, I do, I do believe, Jonathan, that uh, Ross is not going insane. He is the voice of reason. I'm going to read this line out because you know what we were saying earlier on in the show. If only we'd read this email out then. I refuse to fear a Tottenham side that is filled with mediocre. England players we're seven points clear with nine games to go I think that that is the show chaps isn't it is that simple he found
1: a really articulate way to say stop being a dick didn't he to he everybody did. he did
2: thank yes. you Ross we needed that that's brilliant now Alex have you got this thing that you were looking for or what
1: I have Conte, on his coaching philosophy, this will tell you why he's as good as he is. The word coach has to encompass everything. You can't only be good at tactics, just as you can't only be good at motivation, just as you can't only be good from a psychological point of view, just as you can't only be good in how you manage the club and the media. You have got to be good at everything. You have got to try to excel at everything. To do this, you've got to study. And since I became a coach, for me, it has been continuous study.
2: Wow brilliant what a great note to end the show on almost because uh, we really do have to go uh, but before we do i just want to say thank you for all of the massive amounts of emails brilliant john you have to remind me to get me to read yours out before the end of the season because it's very apt for that time of the year as you so rightly said uh, but everybody else, um, do, of course, send them in to ChelseaFanCast at com before a Monday, and Jonathan will read them out. It's uh, vastly becoming my favourite part of the show, because it's really nothing to do with us, is it, JK? That's kind of what's so good about it. No. Really. Um, you right. Don't have to have any responsibility to, to Exactly. You know? Well, no, it's just interesting to hear what other people think. You know, I I love that. Yeah. You know, and, but I love
0: also love the fact that it's from all all round the planet. I think it's
2: fantastic. Yeah. totally man absolutely. All right, we got to go, guys. I'm very sad to say, but we have been waffling on for nearly two hours, so that's long enough. Right, that's all we've got time for this week. Don't forget to download the Kerry Dixon Show on Thursday, when Kerry and I will give our reaction to the match against City, and we'll look ahead to the match against Bournemouth on Saturday. Uh, I'll be back next Monday night, together with Jonathan, uh, Clayton Beerman, and the right Reverend Tony Glover. Uh, Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter, at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Marco at Gate17 Marco, and Alex at CFCGWLB. Uh, which is The Girl Who Likes Balls. And, of course, check out the website, ChelseaFanCast.com. Many thanks to the Chelsea FanCast bloggers who are lovely. Keep them coming. But most important of all, uh, many thanks to uh, my lovely guest this week, who, of course, have been the lovely, I was going to say, almost a cameo knicker performance from you tonight, Alex.
1: I know. <laughs>
2: that was a much like, funnier joke than it got credit for. I'm very disappointed in you um, all. All right,
1: hang on. Tell it again and we'll all laugh Okay. Should we, we do a take-two? Alex,
2: that was almost yeah,
1: like, that was almost a
2: cameo nicker performance from you tonight. <laughs>
1: there we go. That's much better. Yeah, much
2: better. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, okay, okay. There's applause. There's applause and there's taking the piss. All right.
0: Chip said chip said cameo nicker
1: rather than cameo all right, all right, all right, all right. otherwise I won't say goodbye
2: to you, Jonathan. Alex, as always, it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure having you amongst us as always. I look forward to seeing you. Uh, very very soon at a game sadly not on Wednesday but uh, I, I know you will enjoy it and it's lovely to have you in the show as always
1: <laughs> excellent thank you so yeah. I'm still laughing my head over how JK has completely lost the plot in the background oh,
2: yeah. it, it, his batteries <laughs> run out and it, and, it, and it all starts going very wrong at this time of the evening but there you go he's Marco,
1: reached that Mel Gibson moment as well hasn't he he
2: has he has Marco yeah. always lovely having you on the show fella great to see you She's before lovely. the game I'll see you soon yeah
3: it's okay, mate. Yeah, lovely See stuff. All. all
2: right, mate. Uh Jonathan, as always, you're an absolute diamond. Uh thank you for holding it together and uh being my, my foil, as it were. Chid,
0: Chid. cameo Nicola.
2: Okay, all right. <laughs> Now you're taking the piss. All right, we've got to go. Last of all, the, ma- the massivest amount of thanks that we can give is to the wonderful people who listen live in Mixola. Uh, well, the, the few who are remaining after this nonsense for the last two hours, but it's always... You're the, okay, it's the two... 28 of them still there Oh, listening. that many? I was going to say two. Good grief. No, you're, you're brilliant, and I, and I don't blame you for buggering off at least an hour ago like so many of you did. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Many thanks to my guests. Many thanks to the, the listeners. Thank you out there on Podcast Land for for listening, we'll see you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills up the chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?